Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to my Millennial Money Express. I'm Glenn James, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. So Vanguard, they've come out and they've said we're changing the fees of our Vanguard personal investor platform. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. We might delve into a few Q&As around uh, investment platforms in general and investing. We'll keep it brief. And also, a few of you have actually reached out and said that the intro to this podcast has been heard on a Macca's ad. So there you go. So with all our shows, we get the intros uh, from stock websites that we purchase to use. So I would say the team at Macca's have heard my podcast and decided they want the uh, intro themselves. So let's have a chat about Vanguard Personal Investor. Okay, so Vanguard, uh, they've come out and said from the 18th of August, 2021, uh, we are changing our investment fees well, and it's mainly the platform fee. So ordinarily at the moment, if you put $5,000 on the Vanguard personal investor platform, uh, they're going to charge you uh, 0.2% of whatever's on that platform. Now, they've come out and said, if you just want to use Vanguard products, so you might want to just invest in the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund, uh, we won't charge you a 0.2% fee to have that money on our platform. And what they're doing now is they're saying, if you want to buy ETFs and ASX shares, and regardless of whether the ETFs are our Vanguard ones or not, uh, there's a $9 brokerage fee. So before they were saying that you could buy a Vanguard ETF on the platform uh, for no brokerage, but they've just kind of flipped it and said, all ASX purchases, there will be a $9 brokerage fee uh, for the Vanguard ETFs and ASX shares. And then if you want to buy any ASX listed shares, and they'll let you buy the top 300 shares on their platform, uh, there'll be a 0.1% platform fee for non-Vanguard products. So it's actually pretty good. I would suspect that it's made it easier and cleaner for people to invest in the Vanguard uh, diversified funds because a lot of people want to set up the Vanguard diversified growth fund or the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund and just pump that. And that's totally cool. But it just means now, if you want to access that fund, uh, it might be beneficial to use the managed fund version, not the ETF, because you'll be slugged with that $9 brokerage fee each time. So I will get to some Q&As and some FAQs and all the acronyms on this. But I just want to discuss this whole ETF and managed fund thing. Uh, ETFs have been very popular in recent times, and certainly a lot of the brokers that are coming out and joining the broker party, uh, they're pretty much pro ETFs, and you can trade ETFs for no cost or you know five dollar brokerage and all that stuff. That's fine, but you just got to know that an ETF is basically a managed fund, 
And whether you purchase the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund as the ETF, which is this stock code VDGR, or the managed fund version, the Vanguard Diversified uh, Growth Indexed Fund, as the managed fund, it's the same fund, but the ownership structure is slightly different. And I don't want to go into too much in terms of the complexities of the tax arrangement. It might only be an issue if you've got significant wealth and you are looking to invest for the long term. But I think in the main, if we're talking, you know, five, 10, 20 grand or whatever that is, it's probably not going to be much of a difference to you in the long term whether you hold that via the ETF or the unlisted managed fund. So remember, ETFs were created to basically trade managed funds on the stock market, right? So ordinarily, if you want to go to a normal managed fund that's unlisted, you might have to have an entry fee of $20,000. But the companies, when they developed um, the ETFs of the funds, you could just jump in at the minimum trades per your broker. So it's the same thing. That's what you need to know. In terms of the tax ramifications, an unlisted managed fund, uh, all the money's pooled together. It's a unit trust. And if somebody wanted to sell out and leave the managed fund, the tax event will impact everyone in the pool. Where an ETF, it doesn't impact everybody in the pool. So yes, on paper, ETF probably better for managing tax uh, events within the funds. But for most people getting started with investing, um, it, it really ain't no thing to be investing into a managed fund. Now, we know if you've heard me talk about uh, investing before, Spaceship, that popular app, that's just a managed fund, a boring old unlisted managed fund with an app in front of it, where Ray's invests into ETFs. So completely different things here, but you just need to really know for the point of this conversation, um, the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund, ETF and Managed Fund, it's the same fund, the same underlying assets. There's just different entry points. And that's pretty, that's pretty much all you need to know. There are, there are some complexities. You know, if you've got significant wealth, you might decide that you want to use an ETF for whatever reason you might decide you want to use a managed fund for whatever reason. Again, I use managed funds myself. Like I'm pretty agnostic to um, the vehicle that I invest in because I really look at what do I want to invest in and what's the most appropriate way to own that in my situation. And again, I just can't stress this enough. If you're listening to this and you're an advanced investor, you probably think I'm full of crap, which is, that's okay but I'm kind of doing this for people who are just getting started with investing. And I don't think we need to go there and split hairs about ETF or managed fund with complex tax issues. So having said all that, where to from here? So if you, I, I might actually just go straight to the benefits of the Vanguard personal investor and also the limitations of the Vanguard personal investor. So I think the benefits of uh, VPI is it's simple. Uh, it's a good introduction to investing, right? It's the one-stop shop if you're keen to just pump Vanguard products. So if you just want to go in and go, yeah, every month I'm going to log in and invest into Vanguard, well, I can use their platform and it's very cost-effective and it's almost a set and forget. Okay, it's the one-stop Vanguard shop you get uh, another benefit is you get the consolidated yearly tax reporting. 
So at the end of the financial year, they'll send you a summary with the amounts of uh, the dividends and distribution breakdowns with the codes that you put in your tax return. Like it's all done. They keep all the records. It's one of the only platforms that is kind of made uh, really easy for consumers to use and you don't need a financial advisor and you can have individual joint and uh, self-managed super fund ownership. I think one limitation is with the minimum parcel amount. And it's not a limitation for everybody, uh, but it could be for some people. And for direct equities, you need to place a $500 trade. And for managed funds, you need an initial investment of $500. Then after that initial one into the same fund, you can use whatever amount you want. If you're outraged right now, don't freak out too much. Like not every product and not every platform is for every person. Uh, I think it fits in the market uh, for the right person, for the right situation. But remember, it's not for everyone and that's okay. Now, one other limitation is they don't have automatic investments, uh, but a little birdie at Vanguard has told me they are working on automating the investments. These products can't be all things to all people. I think the Vanguard personal investor kind of sits uh, between the Rays, the spaceship, and the other end, like your robo-advisor platforms and your advised uh, platforms. So your financial advice platform and your robo-advisor platforms. So we know that it can't be all things to all people. So this is just how they do it. And there's reason. So I think the reason they have a $500 minimum, it's just a practical thing. Another limitation, which could be, you know, a you might not care about this, but you can only invest in the top 300 ASX companies and only direct shares. So you can't buy beta shares, ETFs in there. You can't buy um, BlackRock ETFs and you can't buy penny stocks and, uh, and speckies because I believe they've got, as a trustee of your money, they've got to ensure that um, it's not the Wild West. It's a custodian ownership model. So that means it's not directly chess sponsored and you don't get uh, voting rights for shares. So if you invested in CBA on the platform and CBA wrote to all the shareholders and said, oh, do you want to vote for this issue? Uh, you don't get a vote because Vanguard owned the shares on your behalf. And again, this whole chess thing that everyone craps on about online, it's not the end of the world most of my investments aren't direct and aren't chess sponsored. And the fact is with ETFs, right? People say, oh, I like to buy my ETFs because they're chess sponsored and I have ownership. Well, that's fine, but only your unit in the ETF is chess sponsored. The underlying assets are still owned by the fund manager, if you know what I mean. So it's it's getting a bit ridiculous. And I think what's happening is, some of these platforms are using this as uh, a marketing tool uh, to say, oh, we're chess sponsored. And it's like, well, if we invest in companies that have been around, we've got a decent track record, we've got a better chance of not having issues anyway. So take that for what it's worth. A limitation, and this could be seen as one of the major ones, and I think it's just to make their uh, accounting systems easy for this kind of light, port, uh, light platform that they've got. Uh, there's no dividend reinvestment for direct shares or ETFs. So if you buy a direct CBA share or Woolworth share, uh, they just don't elect dividend reinvestment and the investment will go into the cash account on the Vanguard platform. So the Vanguard personal investor platform, it's an account, it's got a cash account 
and then you transfer money over to that cash account and then you place a trade from that cash account into either any of the Vanguard uh, managed funds ETFs or any of the top 300 um, ASX companies. You can't transfer funds onto the platform. So if you already own VDGR or VDHG and you own that over at a broker, you can't transfer that onto the platform. You'd have to sell down and rebuy it on the platform. And it's good to note that if you did want to move your direct equities off the platform, you can contact them. They'll send you a form and you can say, hey, here's my HIN with this broker over there and they'll just transfer your shares off the platform. So really good that you can actually do that. Uh, A lot of people think it is a closed shop. Uh, It's not always a closed shop. If you did have a Vanguard managed fund on there and you wanted to move that, you'd have to just go to a platform that has the wholesale version of that managed fund. So with equities, you can transfer them off the platform to another broker, uh, but it might be a bit trickier with the managed fund. They say you don't need a minimum cash balance, uh, but it's recommended in, in their PDFs, they say that, look, you don't need a real a minimum amount in the cash option, but if you've got a direct equity in there, and we need to take the 0.1% platform fee and they take that once a quarter and there's not money in that account, we've got the right to sell down your investments to pay that fee. Uh, So their examples in their PDS has a 500 minimum. Uh, But effectively, if you just own the Vanguard personal investor platform and are investing in the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund or High Growth Fund, you could probably get away with having zero money in that cash account because you don't have any ongoing fees. Now, the 500 minimum per investment, it's actually $509 if you're buying an ETF or shares because it's got to be after brokerage. Um, Another big limitation is that there's no automation set up. So you can't kind of go in and say, invest in this share or managed fund once a month. You've got to kind of manually do that. And Vanguard may own your soul. That's another limitation. So you just got to realize if you just want to invest in the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund and you want life to be easy, you want them to send you a tax statement every year so you don't have to log into your broker and download, you know, dividend and distribution statements and collate all that for your tax return, you'd almost use this all day long if you just wanted to pump Vanguard. Uh, And if you did have the money and the volume to do that minimum of $500 in terms of share parcels. Now, just on the fees, we know that there's no admin fee for owning a Vanguard ETF or managed fund. So basically what that means is if you, and I'll just use $20,000 as an example. If you use $20,000 to buy the Vanguard Growth Index Managed Fund, The ongoing fee for that, the management fee, is 0.29%. So I'm just going to get my calculator now. $20,000 times 0.29%. That's $58 a year, okay? Now, the management fee of the ETF is 0.27%. So $20,000 times 0.27% is $54. So if you had $20,000 invested per year, the ETF would cost you $4 less than having the managed fund. Now, when you do the comparisons of platforms, I like to 
do the ongoing costs and the establishment costs differently. And if you want a full breakdown of this, I actually uh, have a YouTube uh, video and I'll put it in the show note. I kind of go over the buy-sell spread for the managed fund because managed funds, while there's no brokerage, they will charge you you know, 0.09% to um, place the trade. So I'll just quickly do this. So if you had $20,000 times 0.09%, it would cost you $18 to place the trade. But if you had $20,000 and you wanted to buy the ETF, it would cost you half the price because it's the brokerage cost. Just on this 0.1% fee, so if this is not clear, that's okay. And I would encourage you to watch the YouTube video when you get back to your, you know, if you're not driving or whatever. The long and the short of it is, there is no ongoing management fee for the platform if you hold Vanguard stuff. There are entry costs to purchase, be it the buy-sell spread or the $9 brokerage for the Vanguard products. And that's it, right? But if you want to use their platform to keep your records and buy some CBA shares, Woolworth shares, they'll charge you 0.1 basically as an accounting fee. And then at the end of the year, your shares and dividends will be in that consolidated tax statement. So if we go, all right, I want to buy $20,000 of CBA shares. Well, it's a $9 brokerage fee with Vanguard and they charge 0.1% each year. So they're charging you $20 a year to basically spit you a, a consolidated tax report. I still think that's bloody cheap. So if you can't be bothered keeping track of your um, or your documents each year with the broker, uh, maybe this is an option, but you've got to realize they're just serving those who realistically just want to buy Vanguard and have a one-stop shop that's easy. And I think I'm a fan of this platform. And I get a lot of criticism for saying fees are okay, but you've just got to understand, I value fees for platforms because I hate paperwork each year. I hate keeping track. I hate doing my own spreadsheets. So I'd rather pay the 0.1% or whatever the platform fee is. So it's all taken care of each year. I don't have the time and the mental and emotional capacity when June comes around to do a freaking autopsy of all my investments throughout the year. I'd rather just have one report because my time is worth more than that $20 that I used with a $20,000 investment. It's as simple as that. But make the call, have a look at the YouTube video and I will see you soon. Okay, bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.